Hey fans, before we get going, just wanted to send out a reminder that you can head to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds, where you can choose to support this podcast, or you can send us voice messages. We certainly appreciate either. So head over to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds. Please show us some love. Now let's get on to the show. It's the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick, joined by Derek Devine. This is episode 113 of the Go Blue Crew. And as I was counting us in, Derek, you know, I always say like 3, 2, 1. I realized, oh, hey, 3, 2, 1, 113, they contain the same numerals. But they actually don't. Except that they don't. So here's a little backstory for you today. <laughs> I had trouble not laughing the whole time. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay. A little backstory today. Um, I I was up almost all night last night. We're doing the Rare Monday podcast uh, this week. And so so Sunday night, you know, like the night, at least for me personally, I'm really trying to get a good night's sleep to get the week started the right way. And... I was up until five, which is crazy. This never happens to me. I've, I've never had issues getting to sleep, staying asleep. I've just never felt tired. And, and I worked for a little bit for like an hour or so. And finally, after that, I was able to like lay down in the bed and I could feel like, okay, my body is ready to go to sleep. But that by that point, I mean, the, the sun's going to be up in an hour and a half, two hours and then I got to start my work week. So needless to say, it's been one of the worst Mondays on record for me. It's just been terrible. Yeah, we talked a little bit off air that, you know, it's happens to me a couple of times, two, three in the morning, but five, five is a whole new world. And I would have taken the entire day off. And, you know, most importantly to, to do, to do what you've done today already and then hit the Monday night late evening podcast while many people are probably watching uh horrible shows on abc like the bachelor ah yes i think the bachelor is on in both of our homes right now i think so and that's exactly why we're podcasting so all that to say for you to pull through and to continue to pull through on a terrible monday and, and still give the people what they want i am impressed and you can't really hear me doing this but I can promise you I'm standing and clapping, giving you a standing ovation. Wow, that means the world to me. And you know what they say, you never know who's watching. There may be kids out there listening to the show, garnering the inspiration they need to go on and become a a great scientist or a great philosopher. You just never know uh, who's paying attention to your moves. You know what I think happened? What happened? I think I was so just fired up about the fact that Michigan beat Michigan State on Saturday, my body had still not adjusted. And and I realize um, this is a bit of a contradiction because I, I went to sleep Saturday night just fine, but it caught up to me. And, um, you know, come Sunday evening, I was like, wow, that really happened. Michigan beat Michigan State on, on the basketball court as, as – uh, not many people thought they would, and 
my body was just uh, not ready to go to sleep. It, it wanted to continue to be conscious in this world where Michigan has been Michigan State. I think that's what happened. Yeah, and they always say the second day, the second night uh, is always when it hits you. So that makes complete sense. And I'm I'm with you. I slept well both nights, uh, but man, I was really celebrating Saturday. I think that a lot of people, like you mentioned, were. I don't want to say surprised because I think that if Michigan played their best, we talked about this last week, if Michigan puts their uh, best game um, against the Spartans and Xavier Simpson comes out, has his best game, a lot of things had to go right. Those things did go right, and it helped that a couple of things went wrong uh, for Michigan State. But basically everything we talked about that needed to happen um, and what they needed to keep Michigan State from doing, uh, it, it all went in Michigan's favor and it's just a, it's amazing that a team that really looked like uh, they were down and out uh, and still, you know, there's a lot of season left. But for them to, to get this win after just failing to do it against Ohio State, uh, failing to beat a couple of other teams, they probably should have beat. This is a big victory and, and enough to, to make Michigan go for Michigan State. Sorry, to go from number 16 to to unranked. And, and they're uh, they were the preseason number one. So uh, no matter no matter how you draw it up, it's a big win. Uh, and you know you got to be proud of what Michigan was able to do. How about Xavier Simpson going for a sixteen and eight, a four of seven from behind the arc? Uh, I, I I think that is the third or fourth time in his Michigan career that he's hit four or more threes. I can't remember the exact number, but it obviously doesn't happen very often. And one thing we were talking about before this game was how Cassius Winston has consistently outplayed. Xavier Simpson. We know he's a better offensive threat, but there are things Xavier Simpson can do to like take himself to that next level. And that's pretty much what happened on top of finding this uh, good fortune behind the arc in, in giving Michigan a much needed extra element on offense, doubled with the fact that Isaiah Livers returned. This was Michigan like at basically full strength you know I don't want to say livers is 100% he didn't there, there were times I thought he looked a little uncomfortable and it was pointed out in the broadcast but uh and and he his minutes were a little limited I know but but still uh well now that I'm looking at 31 minutes maybe they weren't limited maybe that was something uh they thought was going to happen yeah. but, but you know still uh like this was uh Michigan at, at near full strength and just uh, you know, really good to see them come out and and like not not fall behind, not look sluggish on offense, defense especially. I mean, they were really aggressive and active. It was just like a, it was like watching Michigan in November, right? I mean, you're just so so happy that that everything was clicking and they looked really good. Yeah, and I think like I mentioned, it's a it's a good thing that they were able to kind of put one of their better games together at this point of the season, a point where a lot of people have kind of lost hope in anything that they could do or achieve, whether it's even the Big Ten tournament. Uh, people are thinking about uh, whether or not they're even going to make the NCAA Blade tournament, being a bubble team. And, and they're still uh, they're still uh, have a losing record in the conference. Uh, there's still a lot of season to be played, uh, a lot of things that Michigan needs to figure out and take care of business where they, where they should be able to. Um, and, and get some of these wins coming up on the schedule. Whereas Michigan State, I think now lost three in a row, 
really seems to be trending in the in the wrong direction. It has a tough slate coming up, but Michigan really put their best foot forward. And I think the most impressive thing was finally being able to hit some shots, especially like you mentioned, Xavier Simpson hitting four three pointers, something that's very unlike uh, him. And I mean, taking seven too. I mean, just the confidence to keep shooting. Uh, he was he was on fire there for a little while too, and you know he still let Cash Swinson go for twenty. David Tillman still second leading scorer for Michigan State. We talked about those would be the two guys that are probably going to get most of it, but they held Cash Swinson in check uh, for a lot of the first half. I think his twenty was pretty quiet, um, and you would expect him to outscore Xavier Simpson. But at some point, I think even first half, maybe even at halftime, they compared kind of the two point guards and it was clear that Xavier Simpson was having the better game and went on to have the better game, even if he scored four points fewer. But I think that the big thing was, yeah, hitting those shots, uh, took a lot of three pointers, uh, but hit 11 of them compared to Michigan state only hitting six and, and shooting just over 25% from beyond the arc. So I feel like when you can, you can shoot that well, uh, get Isaiah livers back in the mix who put up a, quite a few shots himself and looked good in, in a return. Uh, it's not surprising that Michigan could beat Michigan State because when we were talking, we were still uh, unsure on what Isaiah Liver's status was. Um, and so for him to, to come out, uh, and even in a game where like a guy like John Teske, it seems like you would really need John Teske to, to play really well in a game like this, and he was really quiet and ineffective. Um, you didn't have the, the big game from Austin Davis. Uh, Brandon Johns Jr. showed flashes, but he was pretty quiet overall, even though he was very effective on the defensive side. And then Franz Wagner had a quiet night too, uh, but was very disruptive on defense. And so you saw some of the same things on offense uh, that you saw in other games, but they were able to turn it up defensively. And it's just, I mean, such a great sight to see. uh, And Michigan really needed that. Yeah, John Teske um, didn't attempt any threes. I can't remember the last time that happened. Three of his seven points came from the free throw line. He was uh, two of eight overall uh, on field goals, but eight rebounds. That that was an area where Michigan had a pretty clear advantage. They were just more aggressive, uh, especially on the offensive glass, uh, pulled down by 14 to Michigan State's 11. And I honestly thought the gap would be wider because it seemed like um, Michigan was getting a lot of its misses and not always converting, but... Uh, the the one early possession that ended, I think, with a Brandon Johns Jr. three, uh, Michigan may, maybe got three cracks at at that time, mm-hmm. and so I mean that was that set the that set the tone. Like there there was obviously going to be a lot of energy, and and you knew pretty much right then that you wouldn't have to worry about um, Michigan being a a an uninterested team as they sometimes appear to be, but uh, and then. 23 attempts from the free throw line. I know so much of that came late, but if you remember, I mean, I don't know how active you are on Twitter during games, but uh, people were pretty upset that Michigan state was getting to the foul line a lot more often. And then I'm sure it didn't help anybody's morale that they, at one point, I think were like 17 of 18 or something like they were just hitting everything. Um, But, but Michigan was, was making up for that by taking more threes and making more threes. And so I wasn't too worried about the, the free throw disparity because of course you can make up for it in other areas i'm wondering now that livers is back and he appears to be uh you know he didn't re-aggravate anything in this game as he did the you know the last time he came back is is brandon johns jr is he uh is is his role like obviously he's going to be coming off the bench 
but does he does he still play like the same does does he have the same um impact on the game when he's in you know and i should have i should have mentioned this while i was talking about he was a little bit quieter i mean of course he was he got he got less minutes um because he has been starting in place of isaiah livers and, and now coming off the bench i think he has a really important role as a sixth man should always be one of the first off the bench uh, and he's played so well in, in some of the games leading up to this. But honestly, it, I mean, it, he only had 18 minutes compared to Livers 31, which we talked about. I don't think that was the plan. Um, I think you're right. I, I think even in the broadcast, they said that, um, hey, I thought he was supposed to be limited. He's played 18 minutes in the first half or something like that. Yeah, I thought um, I heard 25. Yeah, so I, I think he was supposed to be between 20, 25. He ends up playing 31 in the game where they needed that 31. But yeah, for Brandon Johns, he's going to have to adjust back to a, a role coming off the bench. And, and that's, I mean, barring injury, I guess. And But he's got to find a way to find that same groove that he was able to find as a starter. Uh, and, and really be selfless in the sense that Isaiah Livers is the better player. He's the more experienced player. He's he's Michigan's star player, a lot of people would say. Uh, and they've really missed um, his and what he brings to the game. And I just feel like Brandon Johns hopefully will kind of adjust back to that role and be the spark they need off the bench because in some of these games coming up, when tournament time comes around, they're going to need a six-man a guy like Brandon Johns to, to come in with his aggressive mentality and his playmaking ability, his effectiveness on the defensive end to really come in and cause havoc. Um, just like they need um, to Julius to do the same. To Julius had a whale of a game uh, coming off the bench. He looked really good. He took a lot of three pointers, only hit two of them, but they were two pretty big ones. Uh, and so I think that whether it's Johns or Davis or to Julius, um, that those are the guys that play in this game, eight man rotation. Uh, you've got to get something out of all of them. And, and I really hope that uh, Brandon Johns can fit back in that six-man role and, and be a be a power player for Michigan. And how about Eli Brooks? Didn't have a great shooting night overall or a day. I guess it was like a, a noon tip. Uh, two of 10 for, for 11 points. But I think uh, he was two of five from three. And I think both of them came in the second half. One was as Michigan State had pretty much come back and maybe cut it to one or something like he hit a, a, a relatively deep three two in transition and then the other was later in the corner the same corner where he had a chance to tie the game against Ohio State didn't hit this one he hits and uh, gives Michigan a little surge late I mean he's he's gonna get his opportunities obviously because he uh, has consistently been a really good three-point shooter one of Michigan's best and I know he's um in a little bit of a slump right now but his three-point shot is so important to this team because of Xavier Simpson's uh it's so weird to say that he is not a uh you know a prolific three-point shooter now that he you know just lit up Michigan State but we know that's not what he normally does and and when you have Isaiah Livers back out there uh, you know, along with along with Wagner, and you know, if if DeJulius is in there, even Brandon Johns now, like Michigan has so many weapons who can who can beat you with with a with a jump shot because Xavier Simpson is is going to find you, and Eli Brooks for some reason just seems like you know one of the one of the most if if not the most important parts in that dynamic between Simpson. And his reliable shooters. 
Yeah, here's what I'll say about Isaiah Livers returning and assuming that he's healthy, whether it's a guy like Brooks or, or Wagner, who's shown some great flashes, Brandon Johns Jr. off the bench, to Julius when they play the, the two small guards. Isaiah Livers is going to take a lot of attention. Uh, he took 10 shots that were distributed elsewhere, these other games that he wasn't in. And so these guys are going to have to play a little bit more of a back seat. Um, Likely in some games, Isaiah Livers is going to put up more than 10 shots in the game moving forward. That's almost guaranteed. Um, Brooks put up 10 as well. Isaiah just happened to shoot better. But you've really got to hope that um, these guys can still contribute uh, and realize how important the role is. Because I think they're more important now that Isaiah Livers is back than even before when he was out. Now, obviously, they were important in a different way because they needed guys to step up in his absence. But now the role becomes more important because Isaiah Livers is going to uh, take some shots. He's going to take a lot of attention and you're not going to maybe get as many shots if you're a Johns or you're a, you're a Brooks. And so you don't have all that time, all those 25, 30 minutes to find your rhythm. Uh, and so when you're a guy like Brandon Johns Jr., you're only going to get 16 to 20 minutes a game. Um, assuming no one's in foul trouble, you've got to come in and find a way to make an impact in a shorter amount of time. Eli Brooks might have to find a way to make an impact with less shots. And, and I think that um, there's a lot of confidence in Eli Brooks to play a role like that. And I think the only example you need is he took the last shot in the game against Ohio State um, that would have maybe kept them from losing that. And so I think the confidence uh, from Juwan Howard is there in all of his players. Uh, and I think that now they have even more of a key role because this team's not about saving a, you know, a, a chance to go to the NCAA tournament now with a, a team at hopefully full strength that just beat a ranked Michigan State team a team that has, what, four and four, I think, against ranked teams this year. Uh, they have uh, a chance to kind of flip things uh, and get to, a one, a winning record in the, in the Big Ten and really end on a hot streak. I mean, they have a chance to peak at the right time. It sounds weird saying that because it feels like they peaked in November, and they did peak in November, but they have a chance to re-peak, kind of revisit the, the things that we saw earlier in the year that we liked. And I think that we can all forget about the – the seven uh, conference losses that have happened already and who knows how many to come, uh, if they can finally start to turn this around and, and show us that they're the team that we thought they would be. Okay, so last few minutes here, we can look ahead on the schedule. Uh, Michigan, uh, it will be at Northwestern Wednesday night. Three of their next four are on the road. A lot of the games down this final stretch are on the road. I, th- I think they only have three more left at home. Uh, Northwestern, just you know took Rutgers to the wire which we talked about a couple weeks ago kind of sounds weird to talk about Rutgers being a team like that but uh lost in overtime and and they've lost plenty of games in a row that I mean uh I I know the Big Ten is is pretty good one of the you know widely considered the best conference in college basketball Northwestern is not doing much to help that case but uh obviously you know wait a late week weeknight game or are you at all worried you know i i'm not because of the game that we just saw michigan play uh, i would have been a lot more worried uh, if michigan was uh, in that stretch where they lost four in a row uh, but it seems like michigan should be able to take care of business i will say that this will be the most frustrating loss on the entire schedule if they find a way to lose this game. And for obvious reasons that Northwestern is not the team that's representing the Big Ten as the best conference uh, in the nation. And 
I mean, man, that's just not even something I want to think about. But I know that it's not smart to look ahead because road games have been tough for Michigan this year. Uh, and I just, I just feel like that's one you can win. I guess I'm looking more forward to what can they do at home against Indiana, another environment that should be a great environment. At Rutgers, they've already had to play essentially on the road. Rutgers doesn't look uh, as good as maybe they once did, but still a, a pretty good team. I mean, at Purdue is always a tough place to play. Um, it took, what, two overtimes the last time. And, I mean, you've still got Wisconsin, Ohio State, and then Maryland, the, the best team in the Big Ten right now, left on the schedule. So I think your your upcoming stretch looks okay. Uh, but once you travel end of February to to Purdue and then host Wisconsin at Ohio State, I mean, you, that's going to really show where, where this team is at, whether they're going to uh, make the NCAA tournament should easily be determined by then, I think, assuming they get some wins. And yeah, I think, I think they're okay Wednesday uh, at Northwestern. Uh, I guess I'm more worried about what they look like Sunday and hopefully another good Chrysler environment against Indiana. Yeah. It's not so much that the teams that make you a little nervous. I think it's the fact that just so many of these games are, are on the road now, yep. including wrapping up the, the regular season at Maryland. The, the good news is uh, on Sunday, I don't believe the general it will be at, at the Chrysler Center, so player safety will not be a concern on on Sunday. That's a one p.m. tip, by the way, on CBS. So let's wrap it up here. I'm I'm assuming we'll we'll see two games before our next show, at least probably. Yeah. Uh, so what do you what are you thinking happens against Northwestern and IU? Uh, I'm going two wins, and assuming we we talk next week uh, before Rutgers and Purdue, I really don't see Michigan losing until at Purdue. Uh, I just think that the way that Purdue can play, um, the way they've beat up on some teams while they're at home, I think will be tough. But I got two wins uh, coming up here for at Northwestern and against Indiana. And, you know, I feel like we've predict, we talked about this after the show last week, we've predicted a lot more losses than we're used to. So I'd be more than happy to, to be right, and it just feels good, you know, having the confidence at least to predict a couple of wins. Yeah, let's right the ship here. I'll go with you two wins. I, um, I'm i a little nervous about playing Northwestern. There was obviously, was it was it two years ago? or, or oh, I feel like it was a few seasons in a row on the road at Northwestern that just, didn't yeah. go so well. But, um, yeah, so going to Northwestern again, there, there might be some – uh, some uneasy stomachs, but yeah, I, I don't see him having too much of an issue there. And then home against Indiana. I mean, IU is, is they've had a few nice wins, but for the most part, people are just really upset that, that they uh, are, are inconsistent and weren't able to beat Purdue in front of Bobby Knight. It was, I mean, they, that guy, uh, it, it, it was his dying wish. It almost looked like for, for Indiana to beat, Purdue and it, it didn't happen so I think uh I think IU might just fold it in this season and try again next year that's because I live around IU people I, I feel like that's what they <laughs> they might be doing okay so uh if you want to follow me on Twitter I'm at Ty underscore Fenwick and Derek is at Divine Identity DM me I'll send you my address and you can ship me melatonin Tylenol PM Benadryl anything to help me get to sleep thanks for checking us out go blue Hire Bielema.